Nissner makes a nice move in across the line, drops it back, connected, connected, past the shot, they score! Oscar Lindblom buries it! And the power play goal ties this game in two! This is episode 72 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo. How are you, buddy? Awful. Awful. My days have been clouded with misery lately on this seven-game losing streak. It's brutal. I mean, I feel like it, right after that Seattle-Boston stretch, and then even that win... Nah. After that win in Edmonton, what was it, 5-3, I think it was, or something like that? Yeah. I mean, after that, man, it's been nothing but downhill. I mean, that's like the game, like that's the marker that we always keep going back to, especially with stats and, and goals, because that's the last time that we've scored five goals in a game was October 27th against Edmonton in Edmonton. It's been nothing but downhill since then, man. I mean, that Toronto game where we lost, we got shut out at home. I went to that game with my dad. It just it's just a trip uh, a trickle effect ever since that uh Edmonton game, man. It's brutal. It's absolutely insane to me how they gave us one good week and it's been nothing good since. Like nothing. you just said, that that Edmonton game we keep going back to. I remember after that Edmonton game, I was like, This is a statement game. We're proving that we can score goals and get into a shootout with like high scoring offenses and then ever since Yeah, and I mean we answered that with the the two one win in Vancouver, so which we, was cool on a back to back. Yeah, I mean the t- exactly like you said. I'm pretty sure that Vancouver game wasn't our best offensive game, obviously because we only scored two goals. But Carter Hart stepped up. I think it was a harder Jones that stepped up because I remember whoever played that was Jones because it was his uh, yeah, hometown. Yeah, yeah. twenty seven of twenty eight. He stepped up against Vancouver, came out with a win, and then after that was that four nothing loss in Calgary. And then we followed up by almost losing to Arizona the next Tuesday. And then ever since then, man, it's been absolutely brutal. The fucking overtime loss against Pittsburgh, the Latang goal. Then we won against Washington. And then that's when that Toronto home game, that 3 nothing shutout where nobody could get anything going. I mean, it's been nothing but frustration since then. It's been, it's been some of the worst hockey I think I've seen in a really, really long time. I mean, I know I said to you a couple days ago that this must be, this might be worse than when I was in Mexico a couple years ago, right before we fired uh, Hackstall, and I sat in a Mexico hotel room and, and, and laughed at this fucking team. I, me and my dad went down to the sports bar, and they had that Calgary game on like right before right before that Vancouver game. I think it was a couple days before that Vancouver game. We literally sat there. I, we're a diehard Flyers fan. We sat there and laughed. Like Dudes around us must have thought we were fucking Boston Bruins or New York Ranger fans. We sat there and laughed at this team, and that's... At, I mean, it's at a point now where I'm I'm laughing at this team again, man. I mean, it's a fucking, it's an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. It's the most embarrassed I've been as a fan. Yeah, I think in, so. In the last, like I said, since 2013, since we started the whole Hextall rebuild. Maybe ever, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, it might be the most embarrassed I've been as a fan ever because the expectation yeah. for this year was just... Listen, no one no one probably thought that they were going to go on and win the Stanley Cup, but everyone thought that they were going to kind of be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, you snapped last pod. I don't know if it was the last pod or two podcasts before that. You were, I think you were talking about a, a money puck, like, statistics, how that they were. Remember they said that the Flyers were going to score X amount of uh, points at the end of the yeah, season? Yeah, I like, still no believe. No, I still believe it'll be over that amount of what points. What was it? Do you remember what the number was? 78. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think they'll get past it, but like Jesus, but they're man. on pace for it now. Like yeah. Jesus, man. I mean, 
this, I mean, like we just said, this has been some of the most frustrating hockey I think I've ever, ever watched. I can't imagine how these goaltenders are feeling. I mean, I can't imagine how hard it's feeling. I mean, Jamie Baskell, the most positive person on Flyers Twitter, basically he sent a tweet last night. He was like, if I was Carter Hart, I'd walk in that locker room, take my pads off, and then throw them in the center of the room and tell them that, hey, guys, it's your turn to get shelled every game. It's your turn to get just just no effort in front of him. I mean, there's just zero. Leave him out. Leave him and Martin Jones out to dry almost every fucking game. I mean, every game, I'm, I'm typing a, a preview article. Every time I'm typing it, I'm saying, as I said in the last preview, the goaltender stood on his head, and that was the only reason why we were in that game. I mean, countless fucking times, I thought I was typing the same preview. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I feel bad for these goaltenders. No, dude, preview and recap. It feels like I'm recapping the same fucking game every single game. It's If it's a win, it's... Oh, read about the 2-1 win where the Flyers hung on and survived to win 2-1. And if it's a loss, it's just the power play shitty. Like, it, you could just go down the list. And I'm really disappointed in Elaine Vigneault for multiple reasons. And we'll dive into him, deep dive into him. But for his comment last night about where he was referring to Lawton's outlet pass, the Konechny. Yeah, where I he didn't, said Lawton I didn't should've... even like hear he said that. But I read on, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I read on Twitter that he like kind of like called Lawton out for that. Yeah, and he did it like a little like subliminally. He was like, "We have players on this team that I've seen make those kinds of plays before. They're just not doing it now." And when you go back and watch the tape, like that's on Konechny, dude. You cannot be full head of steam through the neutral zone when your team doesn't even have the puck past the faceoff dot in your defensive zone. Like you can't be cheating up that. Did you just watch the clip of it? Yeah, no, no, I read it. Uh, I watched it, and I hate to say it, but Hayes is at fault too. Hayes was right at the top. He was halfway yeah, out of yeah. the zone as well. I mean, was Hayes, it Hayes? I didn't see the other yep, one. Yep, it was. Oh, it was the Kreider goal, right? The the goal to make it three nothing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Connecting was halfway up the ice. Hayes was halfway up the ice. I mean, it's it's the most unorganized hockey that I've ever watched. And then like for the people who are like, oh, let's get Kevin Hayes and Ryan Ellis back and that's going to make everything better. I mean, like, yeah, adding these, those, adding a, a defenseman who eats up 25 minutes a game is obviously going to help. But I mean, we saw with Kevin Hayes coming back. I mean, what difference does that make when the entire team can't break a puck out? I mean, seriously, yeah. man. I will say this. Like, I do think Ryan Ellis is going to come back and make a supreme difference. Like, Definitely. I went and looked at his points. Like, he has five points. And what did he play? Like, Five, six games? Yeah, four four or five games or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, we could use that kind of uh, consistent production from the defensive side. Absolutely. Like, Ryan Ellis coming back and and being in this lineup next to Provorov is obviously going to help a little bit. But, I mean, if you add Ryan Ellis right now, it's going to make up a little bit of what we've been watching. But, I mean... I don't have any confidence that he would completely like change everything. I mean, obviously he he's, he's only one guy. He can't complain of uh, change an entire team's play. But the way that they're playing right now, they're not like a Ryan Ellis away from turning it around. The entire team needs to turn it around before we can add him. You know what I mean? It's just it's so uh, yeah. much more than that right now. And I don't. It looks know. like a team that's tuning out their coach. Like I'm just gonna say. Yeah, I said it to I'm you. Seeing. I said it to you on text. I mean, I do I think AV is going to get fired anytime soon? Maybe by Christmas if this keeps continuing. But it does look like a team that's waiting for a shoe to drop. I mean, I'm sorry. Like it, it looks like a team that's looking over their shoulders, waiting for something to happen. That's how they're playing right now. I mean, you got players exiting the zone before Lawton even even attempts to make a play. I mean, it there's there's I mean, we talked about it last year. That was one of the things that we wanted to be better this year was the 
the forwards coming back and and, and basically and, and and back checking and playing defense and and helping these defensemen break the puck out. I mean, how many times last year did me and you sit here and be like, okay, we can blame the defense and yeah, they've been bad, but when your offensive player is like eight, 80 yards up the ice and nowhere near you, that breakout pass is going to be really difficult to hit. I mean, they have to come back, make your sticks available for your defenseman to break yeah, a puck out, Yeah, play for man. each other. Play for each other. And that's not, I mean, you said it last night on text to me. You were, th- this team stood up for each other the first, like, seven games, and they were like, okay, that's enough. We're going to stop doing that now. And then, now they look like they're playing individually. They look like they're, they're, they're gripping their sticks. They're not playing for each other. It's some of the most embarrassing hockey that I've ever fucking watched. And, and, and I hate – of course it's got to be happening to the Flyers. I mean, the Islanders have a worse record than we do. I, mean, I don't know what the fuck's going on with them. I don't really care. But COVID and road trip to start the year, 13-game road trip. Yeah. They're one of those teams – and I was saying this the other day on that uh, Twitter Spaces thing. They're one of those teams that, like – they have to be completely dead for me to not worry about them. You know what I mean? No matter what hole they are in, I just feel like they can get hot, especially with all these home games that they have. For sure. And play their boring-ass style of play and get into a playoff spot. I'm going to go through the month of November as far as offense real quick. Oh, God. Um, I don't even want to hear it. Arizona, three goals. <laughs> Pittsburgh, two. Washington, two. Toronto, zero. Carolina, two. Dallas, two. Calgary, two. Tampa 3, Boston 2, Tampa 0, Florida 1, Carolina 3, New Jersey 2. So we scored over two goals four times, and only one of them resulted in a win, and that was against the Coyotes in a game we probably should have lost. I'm going to say this, that the Coyotes, this is random too, the Coyotes and the Toronto game were like kind of the exact same game except one game you were versing the Coyotes and you can get away with that shit, <laughs> and one game you were versing the Maple Leafs and you can't get away with that shit. I mean, I said it on the pod last week or whenever we made it. Toronto didn't come out with their game that night either. I mean, that game was completely open for like two and a half periods. Both teams couldn't control a puck. Both teams couldn't get anything going in the offensive zone. But like you said, when you're playing Toronto and you give them three periods to figure shit out, they're eventually going to do it with the superstars that they have on their team, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, the only we had what four wins in the in the month of November: Arizona, Washington, Carolina, and then Calgary, and that's it, right? The only yep. the only game where we scored more than two goals was that Arizona game where we scored, where we won three nothing. So every other game we won by a by one goal and that was with like two empty netters like lawton got the puck it was like not an empty netter but the goalie was sprinting back puts in the empty net and then um someone else got an empty netter that game was like one nothing yeah uh, it was a brutal game but like you said that game ended the way it did because we were reversing the arizona coyotes and not the toronto maple leafs and not the boston bruins i mean what did you say to me last night if this was boston this game's four three no yeah so like Ever since that third goal, the Rangers honestly sucked. Like, they were not playing well at all. That game was there, especially if their Frost scored and made it 3-1. You get one back, there's still plenty of time in the second period. That game, you're still in that game. Like, if you show some urgency, you put another one up, the doubt creeps in. Maybe you get a power play and it works, and you're able to tie the game. Like, you're still in that game. A good team would have won that game last night. 100%. 100%. Honestly, I don't care that it's 3 nothing. Like, the Rangers played like shit. Like, after that third goal, they really, like, took their foot off the gas. And we just, it was sad. It was like, we just didn't want it. 
after that third goal, they basically opened the door and was like, okay, here, like you can come back into this game. Frost scored. Then his very next shift, Atkinson fed him in the slot, and then Shazurkin barely saved it with his shoulder. I mean, if he would have made it 3-2 right there, I would have went crazy. But, like, that was the only offensive threat I'm pretty sure we got throughout the year. I mean, we had a couple of nice looks on the power play, finally. But, I mean, at this point, I don't give a fuck about nice looks. Like, I don't care. Like, I have seen people, ooh, the process looked good. We got some good chances, and Shazurkin just shut the door. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care about good chances, and, and, Shazurkin, like, when you're at this point with the power play, tied for second worst in the league, converting 12.5% of your power plays, when you're at this stage, don't give me that bullshit, don't give me, oh, it looked good, when you're at this stage, you need results, you need goals, I don't, I don't give a fuck that he stood up and was a wall, yeah, he made a couple of nice saves, but he didn't do anything, he didn't stand on his head, like, that Frost to Atkinson, real quick, Right in the slot. I mean, that was probably the best chance on the power play last night. I mean, that yeah, that was a pretty good save. That probably should have went in. But other than that, I mean, yeah, let's let's give the puck to Yano so he can slap an 800 fucking foot slap shot from the point. Like yeah, that's that's the power play. Perimeter passing and then a point ripper from 500 feet out. Like okay, that's the power play. I mean, I watch I watch other power plays. I watch the fucking. Arizona Coyotes on the power play, and they're zipping it back and forth. I'm like, why? Why can't we do this? Like, what's like? And this isn't just a this year thing. This has been for for years and years and years with the power play. The power play has never been good consistently under Michelle Terry, and he's another one. I mean, I'll ugh, I'll fuck. Mm, I, I don't even want to say it. I can't stand him. I, I, I he needs to go. Him. Oh, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get into the coaches, but the power play has never been good consistently under this guy, has it? I mean, no. Sandheim was on. Sandheim was in the slot the other night on the power play for crying out loud. I wouldn't even say inconsistently. I don't think it, there's ever been like a five game stretch no. where I've been like, oh my god, this power play is on a heater. You don't want to put them on the power play. Like, how is Claude Giroux still on the right wall, bro? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, they're overthinking. They're overthinking everything, dude. How many goals have they scored on the power play in the month of November? That is something I would be interested in. Like, probably fucking one. Honestly, one or two. Because we have not converted on a lot of power. I mean, we're pretty sure we have, like, five or six power play goals in the entire year. So, probably one or two. Like, I, I don't even want to go back and, and actually find the correct stat. If you're sitting here listening and you generally want to know, go and do it. But I'll probably guess one, two, maybe three. I mean, three's the max. But, I mean, it's a fucking joke. Travis Sanheim was in the... I mean, you're overthinking shit now. Morgan Frost was the only offensive threat last night. Yeah, the two penalties and him trying to lift a stick. Yeah, he's got to be better. got to watch his stick. But he was literally the only offensive threat next to Claude Giroux. And what did we get right after he scores the goal? We get that nice slot chance that he hits to jerk his shoulder. And then right after that, he gets demoted. No, that, that was an absolute... That line was dragging them back in the game. It was the only line that was getting extended periods of time in the offensive zone, putting high-quality shots on. And this goes back to what you were saying earlier. Like The theme is, at the end of these games, you would if you look at the box score, you would think that the goalies have played great. You would see like the Flyers put up 30 shots and only scored a goal or two, and you go, oh, they got go- they keep getting goalied. Yeah. It's not the case. Like They're putting garbage shots on. There's no crashing the net. There's no urgency. There's no... Even when they are getting chances where you're like, shoot that, they're just not shooting it. It's insane. It's like yeah. when they finally do get the chance, it's like they make the extra pass all the time and they always miss it. Frosted it on the three on one. Like he needs to shoot that puck. He was looking for the pass the entire time. He was I'm pretty sure it was a three on one. He like 
bent into his shot and then like looked like he was about to let it rip and then he tried to pass it and it hit the defenseman and then went into the corner. I mean, again, him and Giroux were like the only offense that game. And then they come out for the third period when they had like a minute some a minute twenty left on the power play and he's not out there. Van Reems like was out there. Couturier was as much as I love Couturier, he's been shit for the last two weeks. He's been fucking awful. After Frost set up Atkinson for many chances in the first period. Like, like it's I, such I, I'm trying to sit here and think why. Was it because of the two penalties? I mean like I mean I said it on you on text. Penalties weren't even like they were like a holding or he got beat, stopped moving his feet. I mean, he's just trying to make a defensive play. The stick slipped. He missed the stick. I mean, two, yeah, there's stupid penalties, but they're not anything that he deserves to get demoted for. He had that turnover in front of Hart that almost that Hart denied. But, I mean, if we're going to point at that, there, there's 18 other turnovers that I can point to. I can point to Provorov getting walked through by Hunt. Like, who is that? Who's Hunt? Walking I don't know, and, and he scored a fucking beauty. Beautiful on goal. I mean, that's the kind of shit that's happening to us right now, man. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going insane. I feel like I'm nah, going the, crazy. the demotion is is unjustifiably stupid. No matter which way he spins it, or anyone in the fan base tries to spin it, is under. He's the only player that came to play last night. 100. percent Him and Giroux. Him and Drew, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a huge Morgan Frost fan. Him and Drew were literally the only players who came to play last night. I thought Axon had a couple of nice plays, but. I mean, when a 22-year-old kid is, like, the only offensive source that you're getting, along with Claude Giroux, and then you demote him, I, I don't, like, the only thing I can think of was A.V., okay, Frost is looking pretty good, Giroux's looking pretty good, nobody else is looking good, so let me throw Frost down here so maybe he can get these guys going. That's the only thing that I can think of, because he was literally the only offensive threat throughout that night that we had. Him and Giroux looked pretty good. I mean, I said it in my preview article, like, why did it take this long for them to go back to that? He first got called up in 2019-2020. Him, Giroux, and Konechny were fucking so fun to watch. And then they just never went back to it. Finally, they did tonight, uh, last night. And they and then Frost comes out on that one shift and just completely takes over that shift and, and scores. And him and Giroux look great. Then then again, the next shift, Atkinson feeds him in the slot. He almost scores again, and then he gets demoted. I just don't understand. The only thing I can think of is, like, let me try to get, let me try to get these other lines going with Frost because he's actually playing with some confidence right now like frost and Giroux are the only two players right now who have any kind of confidence with the puck on their stick the only two i mean Faraby before he got hurt he had like what three goals in the last three games or something like that yeah he was buzzing but even but even then i mean Faraby, frost and Giroux cannot be your only players that are producing offensively i know lawton had a pretty good game against the devils but i mean even he had that brutal turnover on that third Kreider goal where his half his teammates were already up the ice. I mean, that was brutal too. Hayes and Konechny definitely need to get looked at for that. It was a brutal play by them. Brutal play. Uh, one theory I have with the demotion is that when it, the going gets rough, A.V. always plays the fourth line more. For some reason, when the, te- like, when the team's getting shelled, when we're getting scored on a lot, he always seems to just roll the fourth line more. So I was just wondering if he was putting Frost on that line because he wanted to run them more, but it, he took him off the power play too, so I, I don't I don't know what <laughs> yeah. the fuck the deal is. That was, I mean, the only guy who scored the goal in the game and you're going to take him off the top power play unit and then throw JVR up there, who has, what, one goal, two goals this year? Two goals, four, six, and 21 games. Six points in 21 games for James Van Reems. Like, Get him off my team. Like, are you zero points in the last five games? 
Like, are you fucking kidding me, man? That's a fucking joke. Oh, I'm so mad, man. Oh, I'm so mad. I'm sorry for cursing so much for the people who are listening and don't like cursing. Oh, this is so frustrating, man. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, the power play is literally tied second for worst in the league right behind the Islanders. 12.5%. The Islanders are at 10.2. So I actually just did the math on the month of November power play stats. Three for 41. Yeah, so I was right. Three goals at max. What Three a joke. For fucking 41. That is 7%. <laughs> 3 for 41 is set. That is worse than the league. 3 for 41 is 7% is worse than the league. Oh, it's so bad. You gotta actively try to be that bad, no? You actively have to try to not score on the. Like, when you have players like Claude Giroux, Cam Atkinson, Keith Yandel, Sean Couturier, James Van Reems, like, you should not be scoring three goals in 41 tries on the power play. That is a fucking joke. They're tied for 31st in a league altogether total. The Islanders are 32nd with 10.2%. Yeah. The Flyers are three-way tie for 29, so basically 31st with 12.5. Yep. Wow, that's, dude. That's how bad it's been, man. I mean, it's been... And then that, that's why it even makes it more frustrating, because you finally get a jolt of energy from that Drew Frost-Ackerson line, and then you take them off the top power play unit. Like, I, I just... I'm just trying to figure out what sense that makes. Like, what are they? Like, they're overthinking everything. They're overthinking everything. The coaches, the players, the GM. I mean, the entire organization is overthinking everything, bro. It's it's extremely bad right now. It's bad. The worst part of it all, like, what just rubbed salt in the wound for me last night is as soon as I watched, I don't know why, I watched it all the way through to the end. I want to see the pressers and stuff like that. Usually in, like, really embarrassing games like that, sometimes I just sit there like like a disappointed fucking parent. And just, like, watch the games, like, shaking my head. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though it's, like, a brutal watch. Um, like, slou- slouch down on your couch, just kind of arms folded. Yeah, yeah, I'll, like, look up from my phone and be like, fucking joke. And then, like, look back joke. down for a second. Yeah. So, they play again on Sunday. And I hear Jim Jackson go, and the Tampa Bay Lightning once again on Sunday. So- I'm like, what the fuck, bro? When is this going to end? Why does it feel like it's just lightning? Panthers, Hurricanes, just like it feels, flames. It feels it's like, like last year again, doesn't it? With like the yeah. same eight I know. It goes Tampa, Colorado, Devils, Vegas, Arizona, the Devils again. Tampa, go away. Can you just go away? Like we play them three times all year and we and it's in the span of like two and a half weeks. Like, come on, dude. And it's and it's like the most important two and a half week stretch of our season thus far. And Tampa's like not even close to being 100%. Like, they're still missing point. They're missing Kucherov. Like, they're missing yeah, a little bit on the back end. And it's still, they're, they're still terrifying to play. I mean, Colorado hasn't been playing the way Colorado should be playing. And, even, I mean, they're going to fucking destroy us, man. I mean, no, no, this week is terrifying. New Jersey on the road again. I mean, good luck. Vegas on the road. Good luck. Arizona on the road might lose. Might just lose that game. I have no confidence in this team right now. Like, I have, like, this is. The first time that I've sat on this podcast with you, and I have zero confidence that they, I have zero confidence that they will win a game again. I mean, obviously they're going to, but right now, I there's not one game here that I look at. Like, okay, maybe we can squeak one out here. Like even the like the Devil game in New Jersey, I, I I mean I can hear the horn now, that annoying ass horn. I I can already hear it blaring with Martin Jones sitting back there. I mean it's. <laughs> I just I, I don't as a know. fan I can't trust the coach after that demotion last night the only the reason that game was even watchable was because of that line Giroux Frost and Agassiz the reason yeah all the TVs 
I know a lot of TVs were turned off in Philadelphia last night, but the reason all of them were not was because of that line in particular, and you broke it up and completely took the the air out of the team. Like, that was the only sign of life the team had, and after that, it was done. That third period was fucking embarrassing. To, to be, like, down two goals, you have to push the envelope, show some urgency, and that's, I was just texting you at, like, six minutes ago. Like, they don't even want it. Like, nah. this, is, this is sickening. They don't even fucking want it. You get one goal... And then it's a one-goal game, and just like that, the momentum's on your side. You see it all the time in hockey, dude. Like, yeah. a team goes up 3 nothing early as hell in the game, and then later on, the, the team claws back. See, that's just what good teams do. I remember in 1920, me and you wouldn't even be worried when this team went down a goal or two. Now it's the kiss of death. This team goes down one nothing, 2 nothing. that's good night, bro, because we're not getting more than two goals. Like, And it's so goddamn annoying, because I remember just a couple of years ago, it, we had a better system under the same regime and, like, we would go down 2 nothing in the first period, and we would all be like, all right, well, long game. Let's see how the second goes. And the team would just get better and better. And it never felt like we were out of a game. But now, like, as soon as the Flyers go down one nothing, I'm like, yep, yeah. loss. I mean, th- this is what I'm – this is where I've been, been at the last – probably the last week. I mean, we had that extremely, extremely nice run right before COVID happened, like, what, two years ago now? I mean, it feels like – 18 years ago, but they were the hottest team in hockey at that point. I mean, I remember being at Devons with you during that Washington game and just being like, dude, this is so fun. I mean, this is awesome. They are the best team in hockey right now, without a doubt. I mean, they are on fire. We got that and then came back after COVID. We got the bubble. I, I mean, I already made a tweet about it. Carter Hart was quite literally the only reason why we beat a 24th seed team in the Montreal Canadiens. Obviously didn't beat the Islanders. We got last year's team and how they played, and now we're here. So the only consistent good hockey we got was all that time ago before COVID happened. So I'm starting to think that like this is the actual team. Like this is what this is what they are. Yeah, I agree, dude. And like it's it's scary if you look at the similarities between the Flyers and Canucks. And I know like you're probably like what, but in the bubble they both go to the second round, game seven. On the backs of their goaltenders, Demko for the Canucks, Hart for the Flyers, and ever since, I think the league is just exposing who they, who these teams really are. Yeah. And maybe they aren't that good. I mean, Vancouver was called like one of the most unhealthiest, the most unhealthy situation in the NHL by a reporter. I forget a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, like we're not that bad. I still think our lo- our locker room isn't as like broken. Like, nah. I still think our locker room is still, like, good friends. Like, I don't think there's, like, toxic in there right now. Not yet, at least. Nah. But it, it's brutal. It's a brutal situation. I know it's a long season, but I mean, we you got to have... show some signs of life. Like, I don't even care if, um, like, I know this is a tough schedule. I wasn't expecting, like, our record to be insane at the end of this. I just, you got to show some life. Like, hey, when these guys come back, you notice how you said with the injuries, it won't make a difference. You need the team needs to make it to the point where they're in the games enough that we go okay maybe when they get these guys back yeah it would be a difference well but it's yeah, not that right now you can't look at any of the games that they played within what the last month I mean we can seriously go back a month now probably even more than that and say that, like more, there's it's the Edmonton game the Edmonton game was the last enjoyable hockey game to watch as a Flyers fan yeah. it really was dude and that was October twenty seventh we're in December now. This game five. Game five of the season. 
And even like we said, that that Vancouver 2-1 win was nice and all. But, I mean, Jones stood on his head and the offense haven't scored more than five goals since the game before that against Edmonton. So, I mean, we can talk about... Hold on, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. It just hit me. Another thing that I want to say about why I can't trust this coaching staff again. One, the demotion. Two... Nick Sealer next to Provorov? Okay, we could do three. (laughs) The third thing is uh, the timeout. The timeout in the third period. He calls the timeout. (laughs) Terrian brings him to the whiteboard. First off, AV never calls timeouts when you actually want him to. Like in times where you're like, all right, maybe we're getting shelled here. Maybe you could, you know, yell at your players a little bit, Mm -hmm. Laviolette style. Terrian brings them all to the whiteboard. They have a minute left on the... So they kill a minute in the power play. They want to bring the top unit back on where Frost has already been taken off the top unit. Mm -hmm. He's been the best player all game. So they want to bring them that top unit back on. Terrian's over there whipping up a play on the whiteboard. And, dude, I'm looking at the players. They're barely even looking at it. Really? I swear to God. I swear to fucking God. They're barely even looking at it. It looks like they're tuning them out. They go out there for that next minute. Dude, I don't even think they got a shot. I think they lost the faceoff cleared. And I was just texting you like, wow, like, what an elite coaching decision, dude. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny that you mentioned that because when the third period, like, started and... Like, the boys were getting ready, getting their helmets on and shit like that. Frost, like, they had the, the camera on Frost because he was, like, one of the only offensive threats the entire game. And he, like, was fucking with his helmet, fucking with his hair. And then, like, Tarion, like, you can see him, like, talking to, to Michelle Tarion. And, like, he's, like, having a conversation with him. And then I see the board. Like, the board has 48, 25 in the middle, 3 on the end. And he's, like talking to Frost about something and Frost is like nodding his head like oh you want me to do this you want me to do that blah 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 and then he's not on out in the power play <laughs> and then he's not out there and like not can't, only, I can't trust him man and then I not only is he not out there the first unit happens and then they call a timeout and send that same unit back I mean like I'm not saying Frost is going to change everything I mean, that's not what we're saying but what we're saying is the kid gave you a fucking jolt that you've been looking for he gave you that with Giroux and then the second they do that, they took like they took it away. And then JVR was back up there. It makes no sense. No, it, it doesn't it, make it, sense. It's no secret that the second power play unit, uh, both have both have sucked. But it's no secret that the second has been better. And if you wanted to win that game last night, if you wanted to get a power play goal, put the fucking second power play unit out there. God damn, the first one is so bad. The personnel on there does not fit. The way you have them positioned, it no. does not fit. Yeah, it's it's almost like they were trying to send a message, like, "Hey, you guys are so so bad. It needs to be this unit. It needs to be this unit." No, I don't give a fuck who gets the goal, dude. No, put the better. Dude. Oh like, my god, they should have let the second unit go out there and try because the second unit's been way way more effective. I mean, AV probably probably went into the locker room second intermission, throwing up some Shane Wright highlights, and was like, "Ah, Frost is off power play one." I'm double shifting the top power play unit that hasn't scored since November. Let's go. <laughs> hey, let's just slap Hayes on one of the walls because <laughs> because yeah, like he's played one game this year and he left that game hurt. No, like no, he's no. coming back from injury and let's put let's give him top power play. Like Hayes was uh, on the point at one time on one of the power plays. Yeah, I they're swear. desperate. I no, swear. he was. He was. They're desperate. They're desperate now. What That's is? Not- what is going like? You're not gonna find consistency if you keep juggling the lines the way they are. I mean, one game Sandheim's in the slot, the next game Kevin Hayes is back and he's on the point. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why is Claude Giroux still on the right wall? I mean, it, like, uh, like I'm not a professional hockey coach. I'm, I, I probably never will be. I definitely will never be, will will be. 
But like, even I know. Like, why is Claude Giroux on the right wall? Put him on the left wall. Put a put a left-handed shot so it gives Giroux a one-time. And then whoever's on the right wall, they can give Giroux a one-time right back. I mean, it's not rocket science. I mean, it's really not. One thing that we complained about Jake Voracek on the top unit was because there was two playmakers on the top unit. And we wanted, we wanted Jake on the second unit because him and Giroux were both playmaker passers. And the one of the most frustrating things about that first unit, even though that's the best power play that we've had in, in probably 15 years, was with Jake and... Jake and Drew. But the one thing was, like, you never had that that cross-ice one-timer with Drew and Jake because, like, Jake didn't really one-time a puck. He just didn't. And that was the one thing that I, like, okay, Jake's not here anymore. Okay, maybe I can get a, a one-time kind of sniper. Um, not, not a pure sniper, but somebody who can let the bitch rip with Drew on the other side. And ever since we traded Jake, I mean, I think Drew's been on his left wall on, in his original spot maybe, like, Six games, five, six games, maybe. I mean, it's a fucking joke. It's, no, an, it's absolute an absolute joke. joke. And bro, it, Farabee is the best one-timer threat on the team, and they've never even tried him on opposite Giroux wall. Nah, Why? I think, they, I think they've tried him a couple times. I, 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 I think I remember seeing Farabee. Uh, no, I, are you sure? Because I think he played that wall on the second unit in the first couple weeks of the season, scored a one-timer on a pass from Yandel, but that was when Yandel... I think that was when they, it was actually like uh, they were getting a line change. Farabee came out type deal. I don't know. You might be right, but a couple, like not not a lot. But I definitely think maybe two or three times. I think I've seen them over there. But I mean anybody like Hayes, Frost, Farabee, any kind of left-handed shot who can let the puck rip, put him there. But yeah, no, I mean, even even right-handed. Like if you want to give Konechny his little wrist shot, Atkinson his little wrist shot. Cool, but like, don't put Couturier, don't put Hayes there. Couturier, Couturier should not have a wall. Should not have a wall. I love Couturier, man. Yep. But dude, he's a fucking slug, and he has no urgency on that power play, and he's just like Voracek, but kind of worse on the power play. Like he gets it, settles it for a second, and looks for a tip at the front. It's brutal. Couturier is a net front behind the net power play guy. I mean. When I remember back in 2019, 2020, right before the COVID stoppage happened, that one game in Washington when we blew them out. Remember when I was making fun of Gudis for on a five on three, he just chased the puck carrier and left Konechny wide open in the slot. Remember that? I mean, no, Drew wide open in the slot. Yeah. I mean, ever since then, we haven't used Couturier behind the net. I remember one of the power plays. It was Couturier behind the net, and he passed it out front of Drew, and Drew on the on his left wall. Let it rip, and they scored. Ever since then, the power play has... I mean, we always say Michelle Terrian's never had a consistent power play, but I remember like for maybe a week and a half, they were pretty good, and then it stopped because I'm pretty sure they changed it yet again because there's no consistency with this coaching staff. Like, How are these players supposed to gain chemistry when you're constantly changing shit? You're constantly changing... Like, Giroux and Frost connect for a goal. The next shift... Frost number scores again from a feed from Atkinson. And then after that, he's on a completely different line because he high-sticked someone trying to go for a puck. Like, come on, man. What are we doing here? Yeah. And it's what like, are we dude, doing? The, the players are slow down on the power play. It's crazy. Like, you don't know how many times it, it really bothers me. And pay attention to this because now that I said it, it might just really bother you. Pro Rob on the power play, whenever he gets the puck, it's like he just, when he gets it, it's like he waits and settles it for a second and lets the PK rotate and get back yeah. in position before he makes a play like the, the goal of the power play is to get them moving left to right and then you move it left to right simultaneously and create openings and pro rob it's it's like they they take it and wait for the pk to set up and it's like all right 
now everybody's set up. We can play. Yeah. Like, no. Like, dude, snap it around fast. Like, this power play used to do that. I know. They, they used to snap it around quickly. Like you said, it's like he almost waits for them to get inside the lanes that he's trying to open. Like, the whole point of a power play, because you're up a man, is to, to pass the puck fast and open up lanes for quick shots that can go through. I mean, that's literally the only... That's literally the point of a power play. And like you said, he it seems like he corrals a puck waits for the player to get inside the, the shooting lane to block it, and then I'll let it rip, or then I'll pass it back to Giroux. I mean, like, I saw a tweet on Twitter, and somebody said it beautifully. I mean, like, the entire power play for th- this year has been perimeter, perimeter passing, perimeter passing, perimeter passing, 500-foot shot from the point, wide, clear. Like, and then, and then, then they struggle entering the zone with the puck because they can't. It's it's the, the entries. Oh, let me take the puck up, center ice, stop. Swing it back to Giroux. I mean, that's the only entry they have. Like, let let Giroux take it up, or or let Hayes take it up, or I mean, it's been Frost for a a couple of games. He's only been up for what four games now. It's just it's and of so course Faraby gets hurt as soon as he gets going. It's a like joke. that's just how I know. Like this year's bad. I know. Yeah, that's just how I know. Someone up there is just not rooting for me, not pulling for me right now. Real quick before we get into the mailbag, Couturier has three points in twelve games. And Konechny has two points in 12 games. And Oscar Lindblom still doesn't have a goal. We'll get into all that for sure. But, yeah, we should get in the mailbag, though, huh? For sure. Let's do it. Before we do, quick word from the partner. The Liberty Yell is now the official partner of Park Sportsbook. New users sign up today using code LIBERTYYELL and get a risk-free bet up to $500. And when you deposit 25 it really helps the boys out. That's Liberty Yell, all one word. So if you think you have a lock on a game tonight, why not have some risk-free insurance? Thank you once again to Park Sportsbook, and back to the action. And we have the mailbag here. First question, coming from Bleed Orange and Black. My man. What changes besides firing are we thinking? If we fire someone, who? If the head coach is gone, who is in? Who is your pick? Torts for me, but probably Rick Tockett. <laughs> I mean, I said to you, I don't know if it was a couple days ago, I mean, the PK is actually 13th in the league right now. So they're actually improved from last year. So, I mean, that's Mike They're 11th Yo, now, actually. 11th. So, I mean, yeah, they're actually pretty good this year. Um, and Mike Yo is responsible for that. So, like, I remember texting you like a week ago saying, I wouldn't be completely shocked if like, this continues, that they fire Tarion. If they fire Tarion and AV, make Yo the head coach, and then hire Tockett to run the power play. Because Tockett ran a pretty good power play in Arizona with a pretty shitty pretty shitty team that shouldn't have had a good power play so i mean that would be like the craziest thing to happen but i mean that that that'd be my crazy guess if you will imagine this ready what? clean house ian Laperriere interim head coach I, I i could see it now danny joker story i could see a joker origin <laughs> story bro bad oh my god I'd be a, this would be a carolina hurricanes fucking podcast seth jarvis baby i could see it now though ready <laughs> Ian LePerriere has dealt with so many injuries down in the AHL. Now, let's go up here. Ellis is back. Hayes is back. He has a full team. I'm going to see him implement his system. I believe in him. He's a great guy. Let's roll. I mean, I can, I, I can hear it, dude. I, I can hear it. That's terrifying. That's that's a literal Joker origin story right there. If he, if he gets... Dude, even if he gets mentioned, if AV gets fired and I hear Ian LaPerriere as like a candidate, I'll fucking oh lose. God. I will lose you will too. my mind. I will lose my actual fucking mind, bro. 
Oh my god! It pissed you, you. You just pissed me off. I can't even talk. No, I dude, I couldn't stop thinking about. It. I thought about it last <laughs> night, and I could not stop thinking about it because I was like, that is very realistic. If this team has a bad December, it might just happen. And honestly, how do you um, feel about Boudreaux before we move on to the next question? Nah, not a fan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've seen people throw him out there, and like, would he probably bring a fun style? Probably. I mean, he'd probably bring like a puck possession kind of style because that's what he plays, right? I mean, I'm not really familiar with him because he usually coaches out west. Like he's usually with what, like the Ducks. Like who's he coached for, bro? The Ducks. I, I'm not 100 percent on this, but I think he had a little stint with the Leafs. I want to say he was with the Wild for a while too. So it was Yo because it's that famous video of Yo snapping in practice at the Wild players. Remember that video? Him slamming his stick and shit. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that. Yeah. Yo, he also coached the Blues. Yep. So like, my my guess as what would happen, like what would happen if they actually did like clean house and fire AV. I don't think they'd fire. I mean, maybe they would fire Yo because like he's AV's guy. So like, you came in with him, you kind of have to go with him. But if it was up to me, I I wouldn't get rid of Yo. I mean, I like the. I mean, the defense has sucked obviously, but like they're definitely missing Ellis. But the PK's improved. Like the PK's top ten now. What you say it was eleventh? So like top eleven, top twelve. Last time I looked, they were 13th, but, I mean, I'll trust you. 11th is fine to me. Yeah, I, ju- I just looked not too long ago. It said 11. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. As much as 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 frustrated as I am right now, I don't see them making any moves, um, like, unless this continues on to Christmas. And if this continues past Christmas, I think you can definitely see definitely yep. see him go. I mean, if they That's don't win That's what I was game, saying on the Twitter spaces, dude. Christmas is my deadline. You got 30 days. You got... 30 days to turn this ship around, dude. You got to the new year. What's turning it around, though? Like, winning a couple games here and there? Or, like, going on a six-game winning streak and, like, actually turning it around? Like, what's what's the criteria here for, quote-unquote, turning it around? Like, just, just, uh, just scoring goals? <laughs> like Yeah, scoring goals. The power play needs to improve, obviously. Um, like, it like goes back to what I said earlier. It needs to be... You need to put the team in a position as a fan where I go, okay, well, when we get healthy, we could go on a streak. Maybe it might be a winning streak, but with the schedule, I just don't see like a a four or five, six game winning streak. But go out against Tampa, go out against Colorado, and pot four or five for me. Pot a couple power play goals. Yeah. I mean, as bad as this sounds, I just like, they could lose, but as long as they put up like an actual, like if, if they could lose against Tampa. What tomorrow? No, not tomorrow. Uh, what Sunday? They play uh, Tampa. Like they could go out and play Tampa Sunday, lose that game. But if it's like a, if they come out, score four or five goals, and it's an actual like hockey game to the point where I don't want to gouge my eyes out watching them. Okay, like th- that's an improvement from the last two three weeks. Like I I understand that they lost, and obviously we want to win games, but. Shit, dude! I just want to see a good all-around sixty-minute hockey game. Like we haven't seen that since October, the first couple weeks of October. Yeah, I'm tired of beating ourselves. Like, make another team fucking beat you. Make another goalie actually beat you. That's the frustrating thing because New York last night opened the door for them to come in and take that game. And like you said, they didn't want it, bro. They didn't have any urgency. The only people who had urgency are like Zach McEwen. Frost last night, Drew all year, Farabee, but he's hurt. I mean, other than that, Lawton here and there, but he had that brutal turnover. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know 
where to pinpoint it because it's like so it's you know what I mean it's not like two or three players it's not two or three it's like almost the entire team besides what the PK the PK is the only bright spot that I can point to on this team like the fucking when, when we're down a man that's the only positive thing that I can point to is when we're literally down a man like that's they might true. have more shorthanded goals this month than power play goals or or like tied because I think they have two or three they have two shorthanded goals so what is it two uh two less one less one, one. less <laughs> that's embarrassing, dude. Like that is like that's fireable. Like I don't give a fuck who the coach is, man. Like I don't like I don't care that he has two year two years left on on his deal at, at whatever how much he makes. Like who the fuck gives out five year contracts to coaches anyway? Like Comcast like, pisses money. Like that's the last, especially over the pan. Not not to make this like a. I don't know, like, about, like, the pandemic, whatever, but, like, during the pandemic, like, I don't know if anyone was paying attention, but Comcast grew in wealth so fucking much. Like, they are not struggling, but throughout it all, they cut jobs, and, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take it there. Like, I think they're they're just a a cheap, cut corners, corporate franchise, and it's disgusting, dude. It's disgusting, because their wealth has literally gone up, but their willingness to spend has gone down. No, you're 100% right. I remember them making, like, crazy cuts to, like, a lot of departments. That's just absolutely disgusting. Dave Scott should be ashamed of himself. They hired a new and improved analytics department this year. Where the fuck is that? Where are you implementing any analytics strategies anywhere? Where? What strategy does it say to take 40 shots a game? Like, oh, my From God. This point. Shit doesn't make any sense to me. They like, made a big deal about how they hired, like, five analytics dudes, whereas in the past they always had, like, two or three. Dude, hire me. Like fuck these analytic dudes. Like what? Like where are these analytic guys when fucking Nick Sealer is playing on the first pair, dude? Like are like are are we fucking kidding me? Nick Sealer on the first pair. I don't care how bad it gets. Like wh- like how does that happen? Nick Sealer is an AHL player, bro. He's a literal AHL player. How does like I understand they probably don't want to. Obviously, they're not gonna move Sandheim from that number two left D spot and put him up there at Provorov. You already tried Bra- Braun, dude. Put they already Braun. tried Braun and it didn't work out. But like, how much it's worse? It's better than that. Exactly. Like, how much worse is it gonna get? I, mean, I understand they're they're probably looking at the third pair, being like, okay, Yandel and Sealer can't continue at all, and we can't put Sandheim down here. We can't put Ristolainen on the second pair. So the Best best thing they have is Sealer at the top. I mean, at this point, call fucking Zamula up. Is Zamula worse than Nick Sealer? Uh, Nick Sealer chops at pucks, dude. He has no breakout ability. He can't stick handle. He's a great... Yeah, he takes the body. He's a great stay-at-home defenseman who clears the crease sometimes. But he has no puck handling ability. He has no breakout ability. He has no hockey IQ. Is Igor Zamula... Really, I, I, I'm one of the people... That, like not defending, but I'm one of the people like shooting down the idea of calling York and Zamula up over the last couple weeks. Like you've probably seen me over the timeline being like, okay, like as much as I love York, as much as I like Zamula, they're not NHL ready. But at this point, I mean that was like two, three weeks ago. At this point, what Igor's I mean, you can't call York up because he's battling COVID, lost a lot of weight, hope he gets better. But at this point, is Igor Zamula really gonna be that much worse? I mean, I'm not saying up with Provorov, but like maybe put Braun up there put Risto with Yandel and then put Zamula with, with Sandheim. Like, I, I I don't like at this point, if, if you're willing to go try a sealer up there, why, why not? Why the fuck not? Why the fuck not? Like he's not, I, I don't know, man, whatever. I'm just screaming to avoid. That's what <laughs> nah, I'm doing. I feel you. To get back to the question, uh, bleed orange and black. Oh, wow. I, um, wow. That was I, I mean, I guess, I guess Torts would be one of my front runners, but I don't know. 
Like, honestly, with this year, uh, I'm assuming more firings are going to happen across the year. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe the Islanders, if they have another bad year, or if they have this year bad, maybe they have two bad years, maybe they'll let Trots go, doubt it, but... Yeah, I mean, that, um, like you said, like, ten minutes ago, you really like, they would really have to be down for me to count them out. They would really have to be down for for them to fire him. Yeah, like, multiple years. Like, they're not the Capitals who, uh, like, they're ran by Lou Lamorello. He's not going to fumble that. Like, the Capitals won the cup with Trotz and then let him go. I Like, that's still unbelievable. Crazy. Absolutely insane. Uh, concern, locker room. How much do you think the team is gelling or lack thereof? I'm not giving up till after the Olympic break. Um, yeah, I mean, like they're the, not gelling at all. No, they're not gelling. But, like, Danny said, I don't think the locker room's, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, Negative, toxic, to- yeah, to- like, I, I don't think like when you have guys like Keith Andel in there, the Claude Drew, Sean Couturier, Kevin Hayes, I think it's like a lot of shit would have to go wrong for that locker room to turn genuinely toxic. But I'll tell you right now, it's not, it's not fun right now. Obviously, like they're not winning hockey games, so. But toxic? No, I don't think. Like I don't think it's as bad as Vancouver, who has their captain screaming on the ice. We don't know what we're doing during drills. Like it's not, it's not that bad. So. I mean, could you imagine that if we had, if we got, like, a tweet from, like, Jordan Hall saying, yeah, uh, Claude Giroux's currently in the middle of the ice screaming, we don't know what we're doing? Like, I mean, at that point, I think Flyers Twitter would collectively burn to the ground and and never come back, but... Yeah, that would be tough. The locker room's the only thing giving me hope, because if there's one thing I've learned about watching the last 10 years of mediocrity from this team is that they are stubborn fucks. They really are. Like, when you fully, fully count them out, they get a couple wins, they rally around each other, and they always pull you right back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's just like clockwork, dude. It's it, It's been the theme since we were, what, 11, 12 years old? I mean, how many times have we sat around a table at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning and joked about how how they've started out 2-7-2, and two, started out on 10-game losing streaks, and then... And then they, 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 they get you back on board in, like, January, February when they start turning it on, but by the time... April, March hits, they're too far back because of what happened in November. Like, that's why this year was so exciting because they got out to a hot start. Like, they didn't put themselves in a hole. I remember me and you saying, like, this is exciting. Like, they, 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 didn't, put them in, they didn't put themselves in a hole to the point where they had to dig themselves out of it come January, February. That's why this, that's why everything was so exciting. But then they were like, ha, tricked you. We're actually going to dig ourselves in the hole a month later. That's what we're going to do. Instead of, like, opening up like you all are used to we're gonna do it in november instead of october and into december that's what yeah all do. the veterans are gonna score a ton of points in the first couple games something we're stop. not used to at all and then just completely stop yeah i mean dude couturier three points 12 games tk two points 12 games james TK van has been like, brutal james van reams like i mean i just got done screaming about him he is He's been brutal. I mean, last night we saw him shoot shoot like five pucks at one shift. I mean, if that doesn't tell you a guy's frustrated as hell right now, I mean, I don't know what will. I mean, he is – I don't know if somebody grabbed him and was like, you need to shoot everything that touches your uh, your, your, your stick. Like, I don't – that like first or second shift that he had, Dan, he like shot everything that touched his stick and then like didn't do it after that. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love. No, I do remember that. Love JVR, bro. Chris Kreider has 16 goals, man. Yeah, Boone whatever. Jenner has 10 goals. Yeah, we talked about that. It's a like, joke. You, Boone you, Jenner you know, would lead our team right now in goals if he was on this team. Jenner would lead this team. It's a fucking joke, dude. It's an app. Like, 
I we always turn around and say I hate I hate pointing to players making this kind of money and like blame like blaming their play on that. But when you're in a salary cap league like we are in the NHL and a guy's making seven point two million dollars has six points in twenty games and is one of your veteran leaders on the team, like I'm sorry, man. Like that's unacceptable. He either needs to get traded, he needs to pick his shit up now and and, and start scoring goals. Like I it's it's Literally one of the most frustrating things on the team right now. Like I see a little bit of people talking about, it, not a lot. How did how did they not learn their lesson after they benched him in the in the fucking playoffs? I don't understand this. They literally had him and Gostaspare not playing at times in the playoffs. Uh, Eleven million dollars, or I guess I don't know what Lawton's contract was at that time. One point five. Yeah, so twelve million dollars sitting down, more than more than that's about fifteen percent of your cap. Twelve percent. And they had them. I don't know how you did not learn your lesson when he came out and had a productive season last year, and you 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 traded Voracek. So clearly you had a, a bias for for action and sh- uh, shifting things. But they just didn't want to go too far. It feels like they didn't want to break it up too much. But now, now you said that, it best. Like last year was the perfect time to 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 cash out on James Van Rees. Yeah. Like. You, I mean, you said it. I, I remember you saying it, and I, and I think I remember being like, I don't know, bro. Like maybe we kind of just like let this go. But you, know, you were completely right. Like, they should have a hundred percent cashed out on him when they when they did when they could have. I mean, to go on the Jake thing real quick before we move on to the next question, I'm still doing that trade. Like I still think it was time for him to go. I'm pretty sure he only has like what one goal. So even if he was here, how much is he helping? Because like we need goals. And I'm pretty sure he only has. Let me check real quick. Before, yeah, he has one goal. He has 17 assists, and he leads the league in primary assists on the power play right now. I think, but he's not scoring goals. And like, the, <laughs> I'm pretty. We were the second least goals in the in the in the month of November, right behind the Islanders at like 1.68. I think the Islanders at like 1.34. I think that it was or something like that. But. I'm still making that trade 100% of the time. Cause I think Atkinson's going to start scoring goals. Like, Atkinson hasn't been bad. Like like I said, he got robbed last night. Like He probably should have scored last night. Oh, yeah, I like I like Atkinson. Yeah, like still, you said, I'm still absolutely doing yeah, that. I like Atkinson's contract's good for what he brings. Locker room, I like dude. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm still doing that trade 100%. For but sure. uh, JVR is without a doubt Andrew McDonald at forward. Yeah, I mean, with, he's, with the a, way he's that an his anchor. Contract, yeah. 100%, like, man. I sent it to you last night. I was like, imagine if, like, like Cam Atkinson makes $5 million, right? Yeah. So imagine if we had another $5 million Cam Agasson type pickup, and then maybe like a $2 million depth defenseman that we could have had filling in right now. Yep. It'd be a completely different team. But instead, we have a $7.2 million guy, goal scorer, quote-unquote, that has two goals in 20 games, and one of the goals wasn't real. Wasn't a real goal. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And and the other goal, goal, like, we could have scored. Like, I'm serious. (laughs) Like, he literally was just in the crease standing and then literally had his stick on the ice. Couturier hit it. And it just went in. It's a joke, dude. You want to move on to the next question? Yeah, Presto kind of asked the same thing. Out of all the coaches available, who would you like to see behind the bench? We kind of went through this. Uh, we don't really know too many prime candidates outside of, like, Torts, Boudreaux. We could see Yo getting it. Uh, Le Perrier would be the Joker story. But I, I don't know. What, what If this gets more, because right now it seems like Chuck is really sitting on his hand. That's another thing. Chuck's at a crossroads here. If you stick with AV throughout the whole year, and this thing fails, you're going down with the ship. If you get out from AV now and get your new regime in now, you can save your your job. But it seems like he's kind of, hey, I'm gonna go down with the ship if it goes down. You think so? so you think if, do you think if he rides this out with AV and like the losing continues and we finish like bottom five in the league that he's gone too? I do. Yeah, I like it. 
Because, I mean, like, if this continues, I mean, you can't fault Chuck. I mean, he really, I mean, like, he went out and made moves this offseason. Like, he he realized this team needed to shake up. He went out and did that. And it's just, his coaching uh, yeah. staff failed him, man. But if, co- if this year completely fails, it's almost one of those things where it's like, you've you been here to. for three years, and it was your choice to keep Hextall's guys. Like, it was his choice. Like, he hung on to that core. He could have came here, broken it up day one, mm-hmm. year one, yeah. at that deadline where he traded Simmons. He could have, in that offseason, made bombs. But he didn't. He stuck with it. And I was glad he did at that time. I was glad he did. I thought the, the team, thought Giroux, that core, Couturier, still had some zip in it. They and do. they still might. They do, dude. Like, I mean, like Bill Melter tweeted out a couple days ago, like, like Sean Couturier didn't turn into a shitty player overnight. Like, he's still a good player. Like, he's probably just – he's either – I mean, I'd never like assuming injuries, but he I mean I'm, – I'm, I'm not even going to say it. Never mind. He just – he looks off. That's all I'm going to say. Couturier looks off. He doesn't look like himself right now. Hopefully it's just a slump. Maybe he can get out of it. But like he's, they're not this bad. Katuri is not this bad. He's a, he's not. I I don't think Konechny's this bad. But I mean, the offense com- in general, yeah, it's just not this bad. But like, like they're just not. There, it comes a point in time where like that doesn't like you, us saying that doesn't mean anything. I mean, we can say that until we're blue in the face, but uh, results mean everything, man. And like we can sit here and be like, we don't think Konechny's this bad. But I mean, he he continues doing what he's doing. I mean, it, maybe he is. Like, maybe he's not as good as we originally thought he was. I mean, he didn't even have, like, they showed a graphic going into the third period. They showed him on the bench. He didn't even have a shot going into the third period. Like, the team's down 3 nothing. Frost had, like, four shots at that point. I'm pretty sure. Goal, and he had no shots. I'm I'm pretty sure, uh, I'm pretty sure Frost led the team in shots last night. Let me go check real quick. Now, actually, what the fuck? Keith Yandel had five? So like Frost had four in the second period. Konechny had zero in the th- in the third period. It's like, bro. Yeah. Konechny, f- and I said this the other day. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Not good. I said this the other day. Konechny, I feel like he needs to be reminded who the fuck he is sometimes. Like when he's not Ooh. playing with confidence, like he's just he's just not there. Like, but like he is a guy who can dangle someone, who can create space. He is a guy who can feather a pass. He is a guy who can snipe a wrist shot top shelf. But at times you wouldn't think that when you tune in and watch him. It's like he just kind of forgets he can do that. Yeah. Like I've seen him do crazy shit before. I've seen him take over games before. And it's like when it's not there, it's just not there though. Zero shots going in the third period. Like I don't Oh man. Uh, I, that's the thing now. Like are we pointing to the coaches? Like do we point the players now? Like how like it's it's one of those things where everything's wrong. I mean, I said it like 20 minutes ago. There's so many things wrong. It's really hard to pinpoint and like see what it is you know what i mean because it's yeah, not yeah, the goal fa- Faraby goes down like jesus christ bro and, and like i just said about katuri I, I hate assuming injuries but that looked bad that looked re- like he came back out for the next shift and like it looked like he wanted to test it and i like i didn't even watch the puck like i i, I purposely stared at Faraby the entire time because i knew exactly what he was doing he literally took the shift because he wanted to see if he could play with it and he couldn't even grip his stick, bro. Like I, I, I watched him. Like his, his. I think his, it looked, it looked dislocated. Yeah, though. Like, his left the, elbow was like kind of like up. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it, like I said, we hate, we can't like assume injuries and shit like that. But like, his left elbow like looked weird, and like it looked like he couldn't grip. Uh, it, it looked bad. Like I don't know what happened. Obviously, I'm not a fucking doctor, but like that didn't look good at all. Like, yeah, that, that, that entire, crash into the boards looked. Like, like, I would not be surprised if that's a dislocated shoulder. That looks like a play where not. you would get a dislocated shoulder. And the way he stood up 
and like kind of like support it his like forearm bad, bad, and elbow dude. yeah it, it made it reminded me of the fucking frost injury last year it, that's that's the first it's, thing first thing i thought of was like oh so i guess like this is their way of throwing like i remember me and you like we made it a point we we're like oh couturier got the shoulder in, and now everybody's just gonna get a shoulder injury just to fucking prove the point. Frost held his shoulder the exact same way when he got hurt last year in Buffalo uh, against Buffalo. Like oh, literally, he crouched down and like held his shoulder almost the exact same way. So we'll see what the new. I mean, hopefully it comes out and it's just like okay, he thought he fucked it up and he just wanted to go get some treatment or, or something like that. Hopefully he's fine. But to, to the naked eye, man, that didn't look good. And the fact that he came back out, tried to play with it, and then like left immediately was like banging on the, the, the glass for the guys to open up the rink so he can go into the locker room. Didn't look good. That's always like a, he's going to miss games. Whenever a guy goes back to the bench and is in pain, goes out, tests it, then leaves, that's like he's he's going to miss games. Probably. Yeah, it's a Broussard, dude, basically. I mean, he's... Hayes, too. Yeah, I mean, like, what's up with the Broussard? I mean, hold on, let's do it with the questions before we get into that shameless says why are they the way that they are man that's what i've been thinking that's literally what we've been talking about for the last 60 fucking minutes we have no idea my man it's it's fr- i mean it, like if we knew <laughs> we would we would call chuck up like yo <laughs> yeah. i don't know man it's it's like we said in the beginning of the pod it's some of the most frustrating hockey that i've that i personally watched in a really long time like, obviously there are people that have been watching the flyers a lot longer than me and danny have but maybe they can agree this is some of the worst hockey. I mean, my pop said this is easily some of the worst hockey. I mean, like he was around for those like two thousand, like those two thousand teams. What what years were there? Like like oh eight, oh oh seven, oh eight. Yeah, it was six, oh seven when they were you know trying to get Patrick Kane, but oh my god, got another second overall got pick. JVR baby. Two That's another slap in the games. face, man. Yeah. Like the fact that he's still he is the reason why my hockey team isn't succeeding. In two, well, not the reason, but you know what I mean. He, yeah. he is one of the reasons my hockey team isn't succeeding in 2021. Yeah, and Patrick Kane is one of the best playmakers of all time. Patrick Kane is on the other side of a fucking dynasty in which he beat us in one of them. Like, I am sick, dude. And, I'm pa- sick. And he's still putting up. Like, he's still... Like, it's not even like he's not Patrick Kane anymore. Like, he's just as good, if not better. Better than he was. He has 18 points in 17 games, six goals, 12 assists. On, I mean, look, like, look at Chicago. Like they were bad for a year, and then like they just drafted Alex DeBrincat, superstar, right away. I remember being in that draft and be like, "Oh, Danny, Alex DeBrincat's pretty good." Remember talking about Alex? Nah. Yeah, and if, Pascal if LeBurs, at, um, baby. Like you look at guys that they had to ship off over the years. I mean, Tevu Taravainen, that was a Blackhawk. Artemi oh Panarin. Artemi oh Panarin gosh. was a fucking Blackhawk. Like, they've been doing this. They've been doing this. What a joke, dude. What an absolute joke. The Chicago Blackhawks have funneled in more talent in the last seven years than the Flyers have since the year 2000. Since, like, the start of the fucking century. Yep. It's Let's... crazy, man. Zach Attack. What move, uh, What needs to happen in your eyes of firing and thoughts on Morgan so far? Um... What needs to happen? Do it for me. You, you got, and I've been saying it all podcast. You got till Christmas. You keep this internal for now because Chuck came out in his press conference and said he's going to sit on his hand. So take this month. You got a month. In my eyes, you got a month. You got to figure this out all together. And then at the end of the month, I will, if, it, if it's still like this, I will be sitting here screaming yeah. for a firing completely. But. For now, it's like, it's score the fucking goal. I don't care what the system is. I don't care if the coach is telling you, heave it off the glass. 
like a caveman. I don't care if the coach is telling you that. At a certain point, like hockey's hockey, put the puck in the fucking net. So, yeah. Uh, thoughts on Morgan? I, I mean, I'm not just saying this because I've been calling for his call up this entire year, but I've I've loved the way he's played. He's probably the reason I. He's the only enjoyment I get out of tuning into games right now. I was like, oh, well, Frost is battling. Frost had a couple good chances. Without that, um, it'd be a brutal watch right now. But, yeah, Frost, was he, had two points in four games since he's been up? Yeah, long two, goal. Two in his assist. last three. Like, man, that's pretty good. I remember, like, people giving him shit. They were like, oh, seven points in 22 games. What is that? <laughs> look at him now. He's getting points, man. He got caught up. He's getting points. Yeah, On a team he- that can't fucking score. Yeah, I mean, we said it yesterday. He's been like he was literally one of the only reasons why I kept that game on last night, and then like he got demoted. And like Danny said, not just because we're good, but we're big Frost fans. But I think I I think he's been, I think he's been good. I mean, two points in his last three games. He looks fine defensively. I mean, he had those two, those two penalties. But like I said, they weren't like they were holding penalties where he wasn't moving his feet. It wasn't like it was like a bad penalty, like an NAK kind of penalty. Like, I mean, the first one, he just, I mean, he's just trying to go for stick lifts, man. He's just trying to play defense. He missed this. I mean, it, ha- it happens. It sucks it happened twice in one game, but, I mean, that's not a penalty where I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, you need to get demoted for, for yeah, trying to go for stick lift. If he doesn't go for the stick lift, he gets sent to fucking Allentown because he's not moving his feet. Because he's not, not trying defensively. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get fuck out of here, dude. Morgan Frost was one of the only offensive players that were actually, like, has confidence with the puck on his stick and like, can make a play. Like, I remember when you, you said it, like, Giroux looks like he can snap because he, he knows that Frost can give it right back to him. Like, Frost gave him that, like, right before the goal, he gave him that, like, little behind-the-back pass. That's just what I was thinking of. Just what I was thinking like, of. That's Drew, what made me think of that, yeah, that behind-the-back pass. Drew knows he's talented, bro. Like, Drew's not a fucking... Like, Drew knows he's a very talented player, bro. Like, the, the that feed he had in the second game of Carolina where he looked at Frost and basically shook his head, like, holy fuck. Like... Thank you, finally. And then, like, they, they then they split him up right after. Like, I don't understand. Like, can Drew step up and be like, yo, can, can can this kid play more than four games in a row with me before we split? He played two periods with him and scored. I was going to text you. I was going to text you. I was wondering. I was like, did Drew ask? I wonder if Drew asked for Fro- to play with Frost. Maybe. Frost I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. Frost has looked fine, Zach. Uh, he's not the reason why they suck. Obviously, it's, actually, it's fun watching him improve with every game, and it's to the point where I think if he just continues the, the trajectory he's on now, I don't think he's going back. I'm excited to just see him continue to produce at the NHL level. I mean, Chuck said it in his, his press conference. Like, if, if he if he continues playing well defensively, which he has, and he puts up the points that we know he can, then he'll. I mean, he has no problem keeping him here, and that's he scored last night. He was the only goal last night. And it was the only offensive threat along with Giroux and Atkinson. So, and it was a hard play. Like I think that's like one underrated part of it is like that's a crash the net, hard greasy goal. Like <laughs> for a skilled player like him to like get that kind of like crash the net, put your stick in there, greasy. Like that's nice. Like you like to see that. It's quite literally the kind of goal that like his haters shit on him for because he doesn't want to get physical and shit. But okay. Um, but Morgan Frost, we all knew he wasn't going to come in here and completely change everything because I don't. I don't think a lot of I don't think any player besides maybe fucking McDavid, Braden Point, and a couple others could, could come in here right now and completely change the trajectory of this fucking team. Because like I said before, this is the entire team that needs to pick it up, not just an addition of Ryan Ellis, not just an addition of Kevin Hayes. This is the entire team playing like absolute dog water. Can't break a puck out. Can't defend the front of their net. 
get beat by Braden Hunt. Like, it's the whole team right now, man. And we all knew that Frost was not going to come up here and change everything. But what we did know, at least me and you knew, he was going to come up here, create some chances, be fun to watch, and that's exactly, that's exactly what's happened. He's a fun player to watch. He's fine defensively. We all know he's not Sean Couturier. Like, people were like, ooh, he's not... He's not amazing defensively. Oh, he He's an offensive fucking player. Like, how many two-way guys do we fucking need? How many do you need on your team? Seriously, how many yeah, fucking two-way players Yeah, because the two-way guys need? are really doing us yeah, so well. they're doing right us now. well right now. Give me an offensive player who, okay, isn't that good at defensively. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, he had that hiccup there in front of Hart. But, like, other than that, that was his one turnover in, like, four games. And people are going to nitpick that shit? Get the fuck out of here, dude. With your narrative-driven ass. Fuck out of here. Let's move on. <laughs> I, know, I totally agree, though. Absolutely. Carter Hart, parody goalie. Which player has been the most surprising? Uh, Hart? <laughs> I mean, if, if, if probably Martin Jones, if I would say surprising, because I didn't think he'd be this good. I mean, I, I didn't think he was going to be as bad as he was in San Jose. Because, I mean, San Jose just wasn't a good team. But, I, I mean, probably Jones. I mean, he's been surprising. Uh, that's probably about it. Jones. Yeah. My surprise Zach player, McEwen. and this is a bad one, is Oscar Lindblom. It is, it is very surprising to me. And very. it's just saddening to see that he only has one point in 19 games. Like, if you go through his game log for this 19 games, and then you go through the game log for the first 19 games of 1920, you'll be sad. You'll yeah. be really sad. You Because... Like, it's just it's zeros across the board for every single game. Yeah, that's bad. No, like I, I, I hate saying the two because he's just you root for him, obviously, from what he's been through. But I mean, it's been bad. I mean, he's been on the fourth line at times. He's been moved up and down the lineup. Pretty sure he's still on the fourth line. I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with him. It's the entire team. But I mean, we'll see where things go. I mean, they have three days off now. Then they get Tampa on Sunday, so. Oh, my God. I know. In the net hockey, thoughts on Fletcher's comments that it's on the personnel and not just the coaches on the power play, I mean. I'm going to take the uh, first part of this yeah, go one. Ahead. I screamed about this on Twitter, so you probably already know my opinion. <laughs> it's like he's kind of right, but he's not. Like, it's it's uh, it's on the coaches. Like, it's absolutely on the coaches. Um, but Who makes the personnel, Chuck? Yeah, that part is brutal. And that we are what we are. Like, dude, you can't say that. You can't say that. Like, that's bad. That's a bad line. We are what we are. You know like, what I like, mean? Like, like, I know what he was trying to say. Like, we are what we are right now, and we got to improve. But like, you can't say those fucking no, words, dude. Especially no. in Philly. They're going to they're gonna take that quote, and they're going to fucking run with it. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly. Like, But I do agree with him in a sense that it is there is something internal, and it goes back to what we were saying. Like, People coming back from injuries aren't going to help this team. I actually don't even think right now a firing or like a, a trade, because like, who, who is really available right now? Uh, I don't think any of those... Th- it, it's internal. The only way this gets better is if the players who are actually on the ice every night and are paid big money fucking produce. Outside of Claude Giroux. Like, it's just that, like, Konechny gets $5 million quiet. Couturier is, like, $8 million now quiet. JVR. JVR I mean, $7 million, And it's, like, he's dead quiet. Like, Pro- it's, like... Provorov's been bad, too. Provorov gets... Yeah, he's paid and he's touted as, as the 25-minute-a-night minute-eating defenseman. If you have one of those and you have a franchise goalie 
and you have a top six that on paper should score goals, you should win some fucking games. Yeah, that's it. That's the most frustrating part because like you look at the you look at the roster and you're like they're not this bad. Like they're not. There's no way that it can be this bad. So like it's so hard. Like is it the coaching? Is it the system? Is it is it AV trying to put his system around the players instead of looking at the players and putting a system around them? Like what is it? Is it the players not buying into him? Is it the players tired of his fucking ways? Like like you said, they weren't even listening to Terry. I mean, I didn't even see that, but I don't I don't doubt it. But I don't know, man. Like it's just we we could literally sit here for three hours and just scream about this team, but it's it's not worth it's not worth the time. It's not worth the the mental stress that we go through. It's not worth it, bro. Like it's really not. Let's let's go Union, baby. Let's go ECF. Yeah, ECF. A, a real team. Real team. Imagine be, being a hockey fan, dude. I, I've been a soccer fan my entire life. <laughs> Never a doubt about the union. We could probably wrap this one up, though, after the mailbags. About, like, a hour and yep. 12 minutes in. Yep, we still got some few questions, though. Do we um, really? Yeah. We got, like, six. All right. Jerry Pagano. Do you think the Flyers are actually this bad? Real question. Could AV system just not be for this group of players? Well, we kind of went through. Literally just went through that. All of that. It, yeah. I mean, it's, bo- it's it's a mixture of both. Like, it's on the player. I don't want to give anybody... I should say this. I don't want to give anybody a pass here. I don't want to say... the. I don't want to pin it on the coach and then say, like, oh, these players are just... They're really not this bad. A new coach and these players play great. Well, I don't know that. Like, they haven't shown me that in, like, two years, so... I don't know. Again, you can't turn around and be like, "Oh, would a coaching, would a coaching change, do anything?" Because they just brought in eleven new players. <laughs> like this yeah. is a completely different team besides like a, a, a five six guys. I mean, they brought in eleven new players from last year. Like it's so hard to pinpoint what's really going on. It really is. Yeah. So are they actually this bad? I don't know. I, we'll see. Like I, I'm telling yeah. you, this this next month is so huge for me. Dank Seltzer. Would you mind forcing my manager to give me hours whenever the Flyers are playing so I have a valid reason not to watch? Yeah, dude, I'm about to pick up shifts Sunday, Monday when they play and just just listen to Danny and what he says. I mean, it just it's to the point where I barely want to watch it, but, like, there's something inside of me that physically can't watch the Flyers. So, like, I'll have to – I'll definitely be tuning in, but I got yeah, you. Yeah, but, but it's almost like a feeling of, like – um like dread though when you when you wake up on game day now and it's like whereas before it was like oh i just want to get to seven o'clock i can't wait to get to the game now it's like man i can kind of wait yeah i can i can wait to get to seven because not looking forward to going down one oh five minutes into the yeah, game yeah it's I mean, 7 17 p.m my team's down to nothing and <laughs> it's just it's clockwork it's every single game me and you are like we're texting each other and we're like Yo, who knows? This might be the one. This might be the one they pop off. And then literally, like, within five minutes, we're texting each other L. Like, it's it's brutal right now. I know. Just no signs of life anywhere. The Stein, when will the pain stop? Never. <sighs> yeah, maybe never. Big Yoin. The pain will stop if we either start winning games or this thing crashes completely and the Flyers just commit to a rebuild. One, go one way or the other. Like, you cannot middle after this season. This season oh, yeah. is the last one. The last season of middling, because they've been doing it for like six years now. What in the fuck is happening from that big yoin? Um, can't score. Power play sucks. Penalty kill is producing more offense than the power play. Uh, we're getting 30 shots a game, but all of them are from the flanks, and we have no flank shooters. Yeah. 
team sucks. Pretty much what Danny just said. Yeah, I think he just covered everything. Donnie Brook. Donnie Brook. Why does AV never get to wear the vintage starter jacket after a game? Because his decisions fucking suck. Yeah, because he fucking sucks right now. That's why. And I bet you if he had a healthy Nate Thompson right now, might be on the third line. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, 100%. He might, <laughs> he might be playing in Couturier spot right now. Dude, how about AV coming out after the after the game yesterday and be like, well, I actually like the way we came out. Yeah. I cracked. I texted you Shut right away. the fuck up. Shut I the fuck up, I texted you right up, away. Dude. I was cracking the fuck up because he was like, he was like, well, um, you know, I like the way we came out. And I was like, oh my God. You got a lot of balls. You got a ton of balls to come out and say that after, a, after losing seven straight. You got a ton of balls to come out and say that. We went down 2-0. Right, like, like, like six minutes in. Like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Seriously. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? That's bad. The Rangers opened up the door and said, hey, here, there's a 30-rack of Bud Light in here. Come inside and get some. And we literally were like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. Here's what hurts about this, and this is what I was saying on the spaces. What I was sold on AV was that he was that type of hard-nosed coach that wasn't going to let this type of Man, shit he's fly. he's not. I was told that he was the type of coach to go in the locker room and flip out, like your, your torts, trots, like vintage old-school type. Yeah, yeah, Rick Tockett type guys. Doesn't take shit. And it seemed like that in his first year when he like benched Voracek, and it seemed like he was good at sending messages. And now it's like, it's like last year, I remember he would give so many passes out. Well, COVID, well, COVID. Like, all right, that's cool last year. This year, I like the way we came out. Well, we got I like, like come the on, way dude. we came out. You have to flip out, bro. Like your job is on the line. I know you're getting your money regardless whether you're fired or not, bro, but like you flip the fuck out. I mean, like you got Jamie Bascal, the nicest guy in the world on Twitter saying like, "Yo, can AV punch a glass or something?" Like he literally was like, "Can he punch a glass, throw a stick, like get mad?" Like come on, man. Craig Berube, John Tortorella, like Barry Trotz would probably be screaming right now. And Trotz really isn't even known for screaming. He's just more known as a Good coach, they just. But he plays a boring fucking game. It's just all, know, all the what all those coaches have in common is they turn average or okay players and make them good or better than they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, as much shit as you want to talk about John Torella and like how he has like a, he definitely has a shelf life with teams. I mean, he 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 beat Tampa with a with with the Columbus Blue Jackets fucking team. Toronto as well. And Toronto, so like, he's a good coach. Whatever. Jack says, do you honestly see the Flyers firing AV if nothing changes? Yes. Yeah, they have to. Have I mean, to. They have yeah, to. There's no choice. He's not He's not grandfathered into this organization by any means. Yeah, 100%. Aiden Holfelder, can this team make the playoffs? If not, is it time to sell off and rebuild? If so, how far can they make it? And what needs to be done to make a deeper run? I mean, playoffs. Talk about playoffs. Uh, I, I don't even know how to answer that. I, I, at this point, no. Like, I just, no. I, I, but but if it does fail, yes, I want to rebuild. Yeah. I want to be bad. If this year is like last season, because last season was so annoying, and towards the end, it, the way it dragged on it just really irked me. If, if we get a repeat of that, like, if around the Olympic break, this team is just completely dead, and we're watching, like, Phantoms players play up and shit like that, I want to rebuild, absolutely. I want to be the Coyotes next year. Fuck it. Give me a terrible team and give all of our young guys 20-plus minutes a night on the top line. Give me that shit. Yeah, like Drew Drew would probably have to talk about Drew waving his no-move his no move clause. I, I, I really think if you blow this up, I think Drew's gone. I think Konechny's gone. 
Limblom. Uh, I don't think Couturier is going because he's just signed that contract. Frost would probably be like two C. Like he'd probably be playing like twenty minutes a night, shit like that. Like that's that that would like they would definitely have to like blow shit up for sure. But I'm not there yet. As as frustrated as I am, I, like Christmas. Like, if this is still continuing Christmas, and like towards the end of that, like come January and like towards the Olympic break, and this is still happening and we haven't won a game. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to seriously sit down and talk about trading Giroux, giving him a chance to go win a cup. As as much as that pains me to say, you got to you got to like the conversation has got to start if this continues to happen because he's in the contract year. Like, is he going to resign here after this season? If if, if if we finish this this season in a bottom five in the league, like, why would Claude Giroux want to stick around for a rebuild? Like, he has no interest. He Another wants to win one. a cup. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't want to stick here, stay here. And, and, and wait for prospects and, and wait for the quote-unquote right move and just and grow with a team. Like, he's yeah, pain, 30. We made him underrated. Like, it pains me. Like, we are yep. the reason Claude Giroux is underrated. I think Hextall is, like, the main reason for that. His, his, in, uh, his complacency from like for, like, five years of not doing anything, of, like, not committing to a rebuild when Giroux was, like, 27, 28, not committing to anything, just kind of middling for this long is like, yeah, you can definitely blame this organization for making Claude Giroux, quote unquote, like underrated in a lot of people's eyes. Because like, if he's on Tampa with like Stamkos, or if he's on Washington with Ovechkin, like, could you fucking imagine? That would be the only time that Claude Giroux on the right wall would be acceptable on the power plays if he was with Washington, because Ovi's not moving from his spot. But like, yeah, definitely, if he's with other teams, man. It's a joke. It, it makes me sad. Oh, absolutely. It's like the reality's kind of settling in. Like, if, if everything goes to shit this year, it's all done. Yep. All the hope is done. Because there was still hope that he could get it done here. So, but, yeah, that's all the questions. This one, well, I, I don't even want to say it was fun, but it, it was wasn't fun. fun. It wasn't fun at all. Yeah, it, it, it was, it needed to be done. More like a, a therapy session, if you will. I mean, that's what that's what all of our conversations with each other about the Flyers are. Just now, we just have a mic in front of us. Yeah, absolutely. Following. But follow us on all socials at the Liberty O, Twitter at Toy Danny at Chris Stumps. Yes, sir. And uh, it's Go. a five game week. Sorry yeah. to interrupt that. It's a five game week ahead. It's gonna be brutal. Go floor.